0: Welcome to Wood Talk, for woodworkers by woodworkers. Now, here are three guys who like to use a lot of words, yet say nothing at all. Mark, Matt, and Shannon.
1: All right, welcome to Wood Talk, number 240 for May 4th, 2015. May the 4th be with you, by the way. And with you. Yes. On today's show, we're talking about using boiled linseed oil before a clear coat, tinting epoxy, and do you pre-finish edge banding on a plywood box? All that and more coming up. But first, let's hear a quick word from our sponsors. First up, we've got Festool. Some tools stand apart the most when they're working all together. Explore a full system designed to deliver more precise results at
2: festoolusa.com. And we also have one from SawStop. After more than a decade, SawStop's combination of safety and precision has made them the number one cabinet saw in North America. Use the interactive tools at SawStop.com to build and price your ideal SawStop. Then find a dealer online near you. Protect yourself today with SawStop. SawStop! SawStop! Yeah.
1: <laughs> Uh, you think they're going to they're gonna write us about that and be like, look, we, you think you're funny, but it's terrible. <laughs> it's really it's not funny. making our brand look bad. And we'll please, be like, what, please stop. We, we,
2: we get your whole tagline in. It just happens to be coincidentally one of us accidentally says that. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's weird. Uh, we'd also like to thank Logan Medeiros, who went to WoodTalkShow.com and clicked on one of those donation links on the sidebar and uh, sent us a few bucks. So thank you so much, Logan. And if you want to do that, too, just go there. Do that. We like it. And also, while you're there, look at the giveaway page at woodtalkshow.com slash giveaway and sign up for whatever the latest thing is, which I believe, given that it's a new month, we need to update that pronto and we haven't yet. So, Shannon, you're up this time to put something in there. All right. A ringtone of Matt saying, (laughs) Sustop! Sustop! And a (laughs) chortle ringtone. Yeah, we're long overdue for a chortle ringtone.
2: Yeah, we are. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I hope nobody ever, like, you know, steals it from underneath our feet.
1: Uh, They will. It'd probably be the modern woodworkers, guys. Actually,
2: that. would that be more like under our breath? That's probably the better description. Yeah,
1: in this medium, I think. Uh, yeah. All right, let's move into what's on the bench. I'll go first. I'm working on the chair still. I got the seat glued up and started to hack away at the little uh, the little butt indentation, the scoop out.
2: Mm-hmm. Butt indentation.
1: Butt indentation, and uh, that's a lot of fun. There's a lot of dust and I put the fan in the window, big box fan in the window just to try to pull out as much of it as possible, but uh, had a blast with that. I just love power carving. It's, It's so fun, it's so much more forgiving And people think if you've never done it before, you think like, "Oh, you've you have to be one of those people who's like, well, when I see when I do a carving, I actually see what material needs to be removed. You know, like I see the the face in the tree, and I just (laughs) remove everything that's not the face.
2: (laughs) I let the tree be what the tree wants to be. I think the tree wanted to be left alone. Up
3: people's faces, man, that's just creepy because everyone likes chiseled features.
2: Is ba-da, that the one ba-da. where they're using that, that scary-looking chainsaw one? Oh, that thing is just nasty, hey, that I, one carving thing. The oh.
1: Lancelot uh, from uh, King Arthur told me, no, I don't use that one.
2: Oh, my God, that thing just gives me the creeps thinking about it.
1: Yeah, me too, and that's why I don't use it. But either way, the carving went really well. The seat looks uh, nice and smooth, and I have moved on today to the front legs, and that involves that rabbited, what do they call it, hip joint? Or something. The Maloof, like that. The Maloof joint, I yeah, think, is I what know. it's called. Yeah, well, so it's.
2: You're working your way down the leg. You start with the butt, now you're at the hip. I see how you're doing this. Moving all across the body, baby. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, so it's a, it's a pretty interesting joint.
1: You know, it's basically a, a notch that gets rabbited. So you've got this little mortise and tenon data we. Rabby thing. It's got a lot of terminology in it.
3: Uh, Steady, <laughs> bridal bridle thingy. Yeah,
1: bridlely jointy kind of thing. And uh, it went really well. And uh, no real surprises there. Just a little bit of finessing to get it to fit right. But I got both legs on there, and now I can proceed with the rest of the shaping that happens to those legs. You get to do a little offset turning on it, which is kind of cool. And I'm um, really looking forward to this one. This is a lot of fun so far, and I'm just kind of plowing forward. So um, yeah. it's about it for me. Okay. You
2: know, I I know that this is a family show, but I keep thinking of how, like, are you running out and maybe, like, looking for, like, a particular dairy air to come and sit on the piece to make sure that it fits the right way? And you're like, excuse me, excuse me, you have a very nice rear end. Will you come and sit on my wood so I get a feel for whether I removed enough material? Yeah, that would go over
1: well. Yeah. So I should probably do that. Uh, And then we'll be doing the next show. Do you think they have
2: Skype in jail? Um, was well, very possible. It depends. I, I, if you went to the one that Martha Stewart went to, <laughs> yeah. I think there's a chance.
1: Can I do my um, show from jail, please?
2: Uh, yeah, so it, I actually sat
1: in it. That was the best I could get. I hopped up on the bench, sat on it, and said, yep, feels fine, and uh, got off of it very quickly. So so we'll it's be only going to
3: for comfortable for, for, for like, really narrow, no-butted people.
1: It, narrow, bony butts will be perfectly happy. Well, you figure if you got a little more cushion there, it's probably going to be more comfortable anyway.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. You have the built in padding on that. Now, do you do you you spend a certain amount of time on there? I mean, are you like, you know, this is a great excuse to get caught up on my Netflix marathon? (laughs) No, Matt. (laughs)
1: Okay. <laughs> but you can go now. <laughs>
2: <Okay>. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I myself have finally <laughs> completely wrapped up the tall dresser build. I ended up taking a few days off because it was like one of those things like, number one, I just need to get away from work. I cannot keep working at that place, but uh, the paychecks are nice. So I guess I'm going to continue for right now. Mm. But I did walk away for a few days from there and I went out in the garage and got the dresser all ready to go. And I put the milk paint on. I even did a little top coat. I put the chalk Board paint on the front of it and i stepped back after the final day and was like i did that wow that looks really awesome it looks so, good it, man. it looks really good man thank you it's, it's uh, photoshop is amazing what you can do <laughs>
1: <laughs> i <laughs> had no idea you were going for like a two-tone thing and i was like
2: damn look at that nicely That's done really sir cool well thank now, you thank you very what much what i
1: want to see and maybe you've
3: got this maybe this is a patreon thing that i haven't seen yet but did you um i'd like to see it with the drawers pulled out did you leave the wood natural on the drawers on the sides, uh, I mean.
2: Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because the, the, then you're the, gonna have
3: the, this three tone looking thing that just would look sweet. That's awesome. Yeah,
2: the, and in fact, I even went so far as, uh, so for the for the paint on the drawer fronts, since I did the pinned rabbits for the sides, I actually went through and I cut tape so that it went specifically around there. So it's it's almost like some some nice pinstriping, kind of a very detailed in there where the paint stops and starts, and that nice. even adds that bumps it up another level. Nice. That was also procrastination because I was too afraid to get started painting. I'm like, well, rather than painting right now, I'll just tape this all off <laughs> and <laughs> went from there. So, yeah, so really excited about it. My daughter has been – she's like, yeah, that's nice. And <laughs> uh, so that out? was – the big thing for me was like trying to figure out what to do with the knobs uh, that we're going to put on there. So I found some wooden ones and I'm like, this this actually works out pretty good. They're, I think they're, they're just the right size. And the, But the big question was – what color are they going to be? Are they going to be the color same color as the drawer fronts, or do I want to use the uh, red from the body? And originally, I did a couple of test runs, one with the black and one with the red. And when I put them on there, to me, the, unfortunately, the red just looked it looked too campy, which I normally don't have a problem with, but it just it was way too. No, it'll, it didn't work. It'll end so. up looking
3: like children's furniture. I think that's exactly
2: that. it. I mean, too much and, and,
3: and, pop of color.
2: And sure, I originally told her I was going to build her this dresser when she was seven, but now she's <laughs> seventeen. So, so there's a certain compromise in here. She's she's letting me have the fun of having the the chalk uh, chalkboard fronts. You know, even though she did ask for those, but I think she asked for them seven, uh, 10 years ago. So I, I, you know, not like I paid. Yeah, how old is she? Time.
1: She's like seventeen now.
2: She's seventeen. Yeah. What
1: does a seventeen year old do with chalkboard drawer fronts?
2: Um. I, well, we're gonna find out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> well,
2: yeah, you know, maybe and, it'll be like one of those things. We'll do inventory and be like, okay, so this is where the cigarettes are, and this is where your yeah, exactly. bottle of booze that, is. That was
3: my question. Is you know, since you you started it when she was seven, and now she's seventeen, did you alter the plan and add secret drawers for you know,
2: <laughs> no, the, we re- we stash?
3: We removed the secret drawers.
1: Yeah, exactly. Now it's not funny anymore.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, uh, she's going to be going off to college maybe soon. So she's got a place to hide stuff from the RA.
2: I, well, I, I did toy with the idea of maybe like putting in clear fronts so that there's no way you could hide anything in there. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so that was that was pretty much it. Now, Shannon, how about you? You said that you had a nightmare the other day. Were, you know, were you able to be consoled? Was Alex able to come in and and rub no. your forehead? There was no consolation. Um, okay. it, I I've been
3: waiting for the weather to to get right, and the weather was just perfect finishing weather this weekend. So I uh, I broke out the brushes, I broke out the rags, broke out the Erlax and I just went to town on a bunch of different projects. And there's something really fun about that first of all because if if you if you guys are like me when you get to the end of a project, you're kind of ready to be done, you're very proud of it, but at the same time it's like, "Okay, get it out of here. Ready to move on." And Part of me also just needs to take a break from the shop. You know, you especially after you've dealt with the finishing details and the last little bits that can be really intense, I need to just kind of get away. But if I get away from the shop, then I feel guilty that I'm not in there. You know, I've got the time, I need to get in there. <laughs> Finishing's cool because I can get in there, do what I need to do, and then there's nothing I can do after that. So I feel like I've accomplished something, but I've, you know, what is it, 10, 20 minutes to put a coat of finish on, and then yeah. you're done. Forced and you to walk up. away. Right. Yeah, so that was really liberating until um, I've got this um, this side table. It's made out of walnut. This is part of that three-commission deal. And it was... Because I was finishing a bunch of stuff all at once, the bench was literally... Every horizontal surface in the shop was covered with painter's pyramids and projects sitting up on them and things like that. And um, I went to put a block plane away and my tool cabinet. And, um, like... Ever so slightly brushed the side of this walnut table. Well, it just so happens that I guess one of the legs wasn't quite on the painter's pyramid where it needed Oops. to be. Oh no. And the painter's pyramid slipped out and it fell, and it was close enough to the edge of the bench that it started to fall off the bench. No, so man. it was the total Hollywood, everything slowed down. No I turned to like get it, and I caught it so that it didn't hit the ground. So in other words, I stopped its momentum so it didn't crash into the ground, but it just touched down. Just ever so lightly touched down, like Neil Armstrong on the moon, into a pile of sawdust. (laughs) Freshly coated varnish on this thing. Just touched into a pile of sawdust. That's uh, a built-in texture, right? Oh, man. And it was (laughs) just far enough along that it was starting to, like, you know, the rag will start to drag on the surface. In other words, the time when you ruin a finish, if you wipe it anymore. But what was I going to do? I got to wipe and get as much of this sawdust off as possible. So that table um, is now (laughs) sitting over in the corner and I need to dig out my Rotex sander. (laughs) It's one of those power tools I hung on to thinking I'll use this for home improvement stuff. Yep. That's got to just take it back to the bare wood. And it's it's awful because it's an assembled side table. So, you know, if it were still in parts, hey, that's easy to sand. But when it's assembled, every little nook and cranny I've got to get into is just completely covered. And oh. I guess it touched down with enough force that it kind of went poof and kicked up enough of the, you know, hand tool shop or not. There's sawdust on the floor. I don't yeah. care what, you, what it is. Just kicked up enough that it kind of wrapped around it and coated it nice and evenly. So I have a powder-coated table and I just – I could not imagine a worse thing actually happening. I would have rather it had fallen and like broken
1: on the ground. <laughs> right.
3: <laughs> so yeah, that was um, – there was a lot of colorful language coming out of the shop. And the garage door was open and my neighbor's uh, little kids were across the street. So I probably am
1: uh, going to get a nasty letter. They got a little language <laughs> lesson.
2: I think are, they, yes. are they gonna be like, "Hey, Rogers, you got to keep your wife in in line. You should have heard her mouth the other day. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, it's just awful. I mean, that sucks, man. Yeah, so so that, I imagine you did a high
2: pitched scream. Is what I'm thinking. As soon as that yes. went over, ah! was there that high pitched scream, and that's why was like, like oh my, sounded Lord.
3: like Ned Flanders murdering his his wife's plan. It, <laughs> awesome, it was bad. Man. It was very bad. So yeah, back to the um, the the sander and the planes and. Basically, starting over on that one. Mm. But I, you know, honestly, I think I'm just going to stick it in a corner for a while because I'm so, so mad at myself and mad at the project, therefore. That yeah, make I it sit in a know.
1: corner and think about what it did. Pretty much. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> when it learns its lesson, it can come out. Cool. All right, let's move into what's new. Got a bunch of things to mention here. First of all, I want to make sure you know that Woodworkers Safety Day is coming up, and this is something that the Modern Woodworkers Association guys do. And I believe it's on May 15th. So I haven't heard a whole lot about specifics for that, but I think they mentioned it in one of the recent episodes. So just go to modernwoodworkersassociation.com and find out the details there. and Just listen to their podcast. You'll probably find out everything that they can possibly tell you about it. Um, And I just don't know that much about it at this point because I've I've sort of washed my hands of the whole thing.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And 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 you've been slightly preoccupied right now. A little bit. So it's not like. (laughs) Yeah, so I kind of passed the baton,
1: if you will. So check those guys out for that. Um, also got one here that I threw in uh, last minute. On Thursday of this past week, I did a little guest spot on the Woodshop 101 podcast. Now we mentioned this um, months ago, I think when they first started doing their shows. Uh, Jeremy and Drew do a nice little audio show that you may be interested in. They're on episode seven and I'll put a link in the show notes to the one that I was on and it was a good time had a lot of fun talking and we actually did talk a little bit about safety day and the history of safety day and why i wound up passing it on to the modern woodworkers guys Um, but had a lot of fun with those two good good bunch of dudes and check it out it's the woodshop 101 podcast
2: you know what's funny is like before we went on the air i was playing around on facebook and i was looking and i came across this and i saw that you know mark spagnola was in there and i'm like what and then i started looking at it some more and i'm like wait a minute did he did he just jump ship on us? What's going
1: on? Matt here? gets jealous like a girlfriend I, when I, I do, go on other shows. Uh,
2: why are you well, talking then, to that? I member? got a
1: text. So, so where were you tonight? Anything you want to tell me? there
3: generally, there's generally some sort of email thread going on, like starting around 9 a.m. Eastern on Monday. Like, what are we going to talk about tonight? And there's been absolutely no conversation until about four forty-five today. today.
1: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I can see where Matt was
3: thinking wait a minute.
1: Yeah. Where the, where the heck is Mark? Well, here's the thing. Mark's busy. Uh, with the build, and my son had a fever this morning, so we had to keep him home from school. Uh, so it's just been a, a little bit more busy in the house than it usually is.
2: Oh, well, my son was actually home today, too, with a fever. What's going on here? I have hmm. no idea. It's something's, something's going around. Hmm. It's got to be with all the woodworking guys. That's it. Sweet. Well, hey, we this next one came in from Alex. And Alex says, hey, guys, I found this video that features a pretty sweet technique for bending wood. You, uh, for bending wood, unique ammonia. Have you ever seen or heard of this technique before? <laughs> that's a before? weird <laughs> sentence. That is a weird <laughs> sentence. I must have put that in there the wrong way. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this technique. So did, did either one of you watch this? Because as soon as I saw ammonia, I'm like, I'm out. I'm uh, out yeah, I'm not here. a big fan of ammonia. I didn't, I didn't watch it. Oh, that's right. It's only, it's only vinegar. I get the two of them mixed up for some reason. <laughs> Wait, so it's not ammonia? No, it is, it is ammonia. Okay. I just remember that you like vinegar.
3: Oh, oh, gotcha. Unless there's vinegar in it. Mark ain't watching.
1: Yeah, it's the That's only right. liquid I pay attention to.
2: There's moments, though, that to me, vinegar, if it hits my nose the wrong way, it has the same effect as being <laughs> like ammonia. <inundated> with ammonia. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And actually, I just went to the, the link, and it looks like this video does not exist anymore. So, uh, How about we just pretend we didn't say that? Yeah, let's do that. So, well, rewind that. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Let me try that again. (laughs) All right, Shannon, what do you got? (laughs) I'm confused.
3: All right, this comes from Joe. He wants to know Have we seen the Powermatic ICFF vote 2015? That was in all caps. Settle down. I I was supposed to shout that, right? Yeah. Uh, Let's see. It's view the work, choose your favorite, see who wins selections. Yeah, what do we think? <laughs> so, <laughs> we, we I choose, to, so I can't choose, so I refuse to. Great deal to. for this prior to, but it, it is uh, one of those um, student vote type things, right? Where yeah, you go in and you look at student submitted work. I feel like I looked at this last week.
1: Yeah, we promoted right. this on um, on our Facebook page actually, mm-hmm. but there's not that many That's votes. Right. So get in there, people, vote for some stuff. Come on, there's students that need you to do this. Work. Oh, yeah, that's right, that's right. I did. I looked at
3: this this morning. Was that this morning? Wow, seems yeah. like a long time ago. Yeah, so it's it's one of those dealies where people have submitted work and you need to go and vote for your favorite. There's yes. some cool stuff
1: on there. There is, yeah. And remember, if you don't vote, you can't complain about the outcome.
2: Right. Whoa. It's something like that, yeah. I've heard that before. <laughs> That's going to stop anybody. <laughs> and it certainly doesn't on Facebook. I'll tell you that much. All right. Uh, if you have an opinion, nobody wants it. Well,
1: but go ahead and give it anyways. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next one here is from Gonzalo. He says, uh, hey, guys, not sure if you've talked about this in the past, but just came across this company that makes furniture with hidden compartments. Pretty cool. It's com slash safeguard. And uh, I'm just, you know, not doing a great job today. I didn't look at this. So let me, let me <laughs> go look at it now. It,
2: it's, it's what I usually think of when I see this type of furniture is the prepare for the zombie invasion. Uh, at, because somehow zombies are never going to, you know, you don't have to. I don't, it seems like with a zombie, you wouldn't have to worry about looking for hidden things. Because no, you could they don't probably. Care. They just want your brains.
1: Yeah, I could leave a shotgun on a, the coffee table and it's the people who are alive that you have to worry about. If there's anything I learned from The Walking Dead, that's the key. Exactly. It's not the dead yeah. that's the problem. It's the, the the crazy people who survived.
2: Right. And, and if there were crazy people surviving, I'm going to have my guns out in, in the open also because I'm going to want to shoot them before they can get in the house. You
1: know what's crazy? I'm looking at some of the, the SketchUp on this page. They have a lot of SketchUp imagery um, that, that are that's kind of in a slideshow. Almost every hidden compartment, is it's got guns in it yeah it does. I was just it's
3: gonna like, say it, just in case anybody's wondering what the hell Matt's talking about, they're it, hiding guns in these compartments. <laughs> I don't think that was actually said. I think Matt no. just went into a zombie apartment. yeah I mean,
1: I suppose and, you might be able to put jewelry or, or something in there, but clearly the folks who are doing this stuff are uh, you know have a one track mind and they want
3: There's some they, very, very shiny guns, so that could be a type of jewelry yeah,
2: it is, it's pretty interesting stuff. I would probably want to put like my bestest chisel in there. That's what I would do. market are coming over, crap, how do I hide these? I, I would just – I don't know
1: what. I, I don't have anything that I need to hide that much. Maybe like insurance papers
2: or something.
1: But those should be in a fireproof safe. Never mind. Um, right. Exactly. I just use oh them for God, the, like – Oh, my God. Get
2: my entertainment center out. It's got all the paperwork.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Carrying it on my back on the way out. Yeah. <laughs> that guy's really attached to his TV. Holy. All right. Well, this next one came in and this is, uh, this is a reminder that Bad Axe Tool is hosting Sala Palooza. What's a Sala? Uh, uh, I think that that's actually French. Sala. Ah. So just, sala? I've been trying
1: to figure it Saturday. out. What's a sala?
2: So,
3: what's a palooza? It's a party. Oh, it it's, is. It, it's a it's a type of madrigal that is sung only in honor of tools. I,
2: I just I, 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 I like that. I always assumed "palooza" was like the word that somebody used because they were really enjoying the concert and all the beverages and assorted things, and that's what, the only word that came out.
1: Yeah, I, I, it's bad when you look up a word's definition. The only one you get is the Urban Dictionary. Like <laughs> <laughs> every word or variation of a word is in the Urban Dictionary, but that doesn't actually tell you that it's truly a word. <laughs> there you go. But I, I always right. took it as palooza being like the second half of the word and what you put in the front is the thing that you're having this party about, you know? So like you would have salt palooza. So the, the, well, I'm confused by the sala. I want yeah, to know well, what a sala Well, maybe is. actually that's that's this because is- because they're the...
3: going to be standing around singing
2: magicals.
1: Oh, sala la la. Like in that? In six, oh. eight time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <There you go. laughs> All right. Well, if you're interested in finding out more about Sola it is over at badaxtoolworkscom slash Sola Palooza. <laughs> hey, don't confuse that uh, we'll, we'll have the links in there. No, as a part of the workshop, of course, there's going to be a variety of saws uh, with Mark and Tom Fidgen. And related to that, the person that uh, ended up submitting this and unfortunately they didn't have their name in here, uh, they're curious to hear your thoughts on the kerfing plane. My thought was, wow, look at that. all right
3: look at that
1: i have no thoughts on it i can't add anything worthwhile we're pretty useless today uh frankly (laughs) that's kind of up to me and unfortunately i don't have many thoughts either Um, look at it this way we do two shows a week in order to accomplish that there has to be a certain amount of not getting crap done (laughs) (laughs) Right? right like so we collect these links and sometimes we don't read them sometimes we don't go to the page we're just trying to Pump it out. Pump it out for you people. <laughs> so, but, the, but the good well, let news let is –
3: <laughs> I plan to build a kerfing plane because I'd like to find out what it's about. But I've been resawing by hand for a while and I haven't really needed one. Mm-hmm. Tom kind of invented this thing. It's kind of cool. I like it. Yeah. Uh, it could maybe help resawing. But it's also one of those things where if it ain't broke <laughs> – <laughs> I haven't gotten bothered with it because how I've been – I've just been using a regular saw to start my curve. So I i don't know. This will probably make things a lot easier, but I just haven't gotten around to building it yet.
1: You know what I I'll say think. about Saw Lollapalooza? I I think, say there, I think there should be a second law in there. La la, la palooza. La 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 palooza. Uh What I love about it is there's there seems to be more opportunities for these very deep niche events. Like originally it started with uh, like woodworking in America, and that's become a little bit more broad in focus. But there's a few other shows um, like the Handworks Show, and even just the Lee Nielsen Tool Events that travel around. There's a lot of opportunities to really get into this stuff that's super deep that isn't uh, like the woodworking shows. Um, not to say anything bad about those, but those are, again, more more top-level general interest. So I love it that there's these niche shows like this that people are able to, to pull off now. It's very cool.
2: I'm looking what forward Talk to, to Raspella, uh, Raspella. That one should be good. <laughs> yes. The all-rasp one. I've heard
1: about that one. Um, yeah, speaking of Wood Talk Weekend, I guess we should probably bring Weekend. that up again since we haven't talked about it in a while. Um, the fact that Nicole got pregnant has really – um, sidelined a lot of that conversation so it's not it's not that it's being canceled it's just we're trying to wait and see how well she's going to do because she was a integral part of getting all the planning and uh, logistics done <laughs> I you're this. gonna
3: say she was an integral part of getting pregnant she was she
1: <laughs> she, she played a kind of an important role yeah she that. had a very um a very important role yeah you're right it's an ongoing thing
2: it's it is easily she's easily 50 percent of the team that made it happen at least. At least, least really.
1: Let's give her proper credit for this. All right. Well, oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say bottom line is we are still hoping to do Wood Talk weekend. It's just we're holding off on doing anything official or making any announcements until we know we're going to do the the
2: Wood Talk slash baby shower weekend. (laughs) That'll be good. (laughs) all right well hey we have one more link and then we can move on to the kickback where you guys help us make this a better show and this last link this came in just before we went on the air and it's the lego wood shop now mark i already saw on your facebook page that you already have this up and running and this is a really neat gallery where somebody really went to town with some legos and made a shop that i am extremely envious of it's cool i love it i love legos i love it when they do stuff like that
1: it's a lot of work too but uh give the guy credit you know,
3: my, my wife
1: went to went outlet shopping with her
3: mother a couple weekends ago, and she came back with a Lego kit, a little Star Wars Lego kit. Mm-hmm. I, don't know, I don't know how much she paid for it, but she's like, I thought you might enjoy putting this together. It's the first time I put Legos together since I was a kid. The first thing I can say is, man, have Legos changed. Yeah, they
1: have. <laughs> yes. but the manuals, There is no way I could put that thing together without the instructions. Oh, no, no, definitely not. But the manuals are great. Like, yes. I, yeah. yeah, I put a number Very of them cool. together. I found it to be extremely therapeutic, and Absolutely. actually, in a, in a way that woodworking is therapeutic. In the pro, but, it's much more like immediate gratification. So, yeah, I have a blast putting them together.
2: I have to say Legos for me was a Christmas thing uh, because Aiden would always get a ton of Legos and they go, let's put this together. And then his job was, even though I told him not to do it, he'd go through and open every single bag and just dump them into a pile. And I'm like, are you serious? serious? (laughs) Thank you. you Those bags are labeled according to the manual. And then he would disappear to go eat pie and cake and whatever else is going on. And then I was obligated to sit there and make the whole dang thing.
1: That's actually how Mateo and I do it at this point. He's like, he he's my parts finder once in a while. But most of the time he like, let's put this together, daddy. And to like five seconds later, it's just me at the table putting together a stupid <laughs> yes. Lego thing. So yep.
2: yeah, I can it's, relate. It's a father thing.
1: Yeah. All right, let's get to the kickback here. First one is from Lance. Uh, he says, okay, so we've got a couple of people who wrote in about the Bosch miter saw, but we'll leave those um, uh, till after this one. Uh, we but, did? I didn't see them. <laughs> yes, we did. Uh, Lance actually um, said something about it, but we'll skip past that. But he also said, I was super excited about the title of the show, and this was our um, two shows ago, um, thinking other people ate vinegar pie, which is a family recipe of my wife's. Um, and he says to me, Mark, my wife said that I'm not allowed to give you the recipe, but she said she'll make one for you
2: if you want. Oh, I wonder how long they hold. Like, do you think it's going to come like in a dry ice box?
1: I don't know. It's out. Well, it's made out of vinegar. Uh, so it's probably going to be fine. Vinegar kind of preservative in and of itself. Yeah, it like might. So
2: in that case, there'll be roaches who will be able to eat it. That's right. At, you know, centuries like, from now. It'll travel well, though.
1: Um, you know, can I get let you guys in on a little phobia of mine? Um, roaches? As much as I love the generosity of people who would make actually go through the trouble of making you food, I physically cannot put food in my mouth if I don't know where it came from. And like I'm unfamiliar with the people who made it. And it's nothing again, it's not a matter of just, you know, generally distrusting other people. There's some great people out there. But if like someone goes, Oh, my wife baked cupcakes, here, try one there's times where I've like forced it down because I felt really bad and I swear like I was choking you, on it.
3: You supermodeled it in the bathroom later.
1: Kind <laughs> of. Yeah, no, I didn't. I, 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 I'm not that bad, but I have a phobia about it. I cannot eat food from other people if I don't know them. Even if I know them, I'm suspicious of the food.
3: I don't know that that's a phobia. I think that's more of a common
2: sense thing. Yeah. I think that's called survival.
1: I don't know, man. Like, guys, there are so many people who you go, hey, I baked you this cake. I'm a big fan. They'll be like, oh, awesome. Thanks. And they start eating it. And I, I can't do it. It's the weirdest thing. I feels so bad, especially if somebody does make you something and goes through that trouble. And you're just like, oh, yeah, I'll try this later. Garbage. Or, or you know, actually, you know what usually happens here? I give it to my stepdad. Oh, nice. so yeah. he, he'll eat anything but he, but i don't have to worry about like you know it won't go to waste it'll just go into my stepdad's stomach
2: yeah i think you've talked before about his iron stomach so <laughs> yeah
1: so yeah anyway nice. that's that's a, how he cleans the shop right <laughs> that's how i keep him energized
2: oh it's just like the cone heads <laughs> but yeah
1: you know if uh, i want the recipe though hook, hook me up lance
2: yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Explain this little phobia for her. You know, maybe, maybe maybe she'll make an exception. Should I have sympathy on her? Play,
3: play the uh, the video of of Mark and Nicole making um, tomato pie and call it a barter thing. <laughs> there
2: you go we'll share <laughs> nice. i shared mine you share yours nice all right well let's move on to this next one this came in from tony and tony says hi guys this is in response to the 10 inch or 12 inch chop, chop saw debate i own the bosch 12 inch glide miter saw and i love it if it's right tight up against the wall and the cut capacity is huge i actually used it to cross cut the slabs the split top rubo i'm building the length hmm. i love the show and the wood whisperer guild
1: for life hey oh we should get stickers I- and
2: t-shirts that say that I really feel like I should have said that in a much more, like, manly, scary way. Like, we'll whisper guilt for life.
1: Yeah, we're not really that masculine. Yeah, maybe not. Masculine.
2: <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, way, I mean, though. if we're
1: being honest with ourselves, you know. <laughs> All right, really uh, for life. Got another Hooray. kickback. <laughs> got another kickback here. This one's from Diami, and he goes at length to uh, correct me on uh, <laughs> on my Bosch mistake. Thank
2: God uh, somebody's finally doing it. Finally. Finally.
4: Hi, we Talk. This is Diami. So don't you what's I'm listening to episode 238, Vinegar Pie. Mark, uh, that is a New Jersey thing. I don't know what you're thinking. But beyond that, uh, to talk about miter um, I had to call in. You just said that the j is the only one that gets everything out of the way, and I have to strongly disagree. The Bosch Glide. The Bosch Glide. It is the miter saw for this guy. I have a much smaller shop. I have a 12-inch Bosch Glide. When the saw is up against the wall, from the fence to the back of the saw, I have measured it when I was picking out my saw. The Bosch Glide takes up two inches less space behind the fence than the Capex does. It's a bigger blade, slightly more capacity, though that's marginal, and it is a dead accurate saw. Um, so definitely, I use mine for everything. Like, like, this guy wants to with his um, home improvement stuff. I can't recommend the Bosch Glide highly enough. And it's much cheaper than the k and only a little bit more than that to Wolf you already bought. So hopefully that kickback helps.
1: All right, I get it, people. There's another uh, dang saw. I get it. Did, this now, message brought Diami to you like,
3: by the Angry Long Islander, Long Islander <laughs> Association. I think Diami, did he That's he just how.
2: Sprint
1: out. the phone. can I be able to hit that one. End? I think <laughs> oh, if you take <laughs> if you take someone from the Northeast and you make them a little out of breath and get them excited about something, that's it. Just comes across as angry.
4: Oh, man. but it he's not awesome. angry that's
1: just that's just the army <laughs> um you know as, as
3: a sidebar to this i actually <clears throat> emailed mark i don't know mark and matt maybe an hour after the show mm-hmm. and said, how much you want to bet we hear kickback because we didn't <laughs> mention the glides or the, <laughs> yeah.
1: the boss <laughs> saw yeah pretty much yeah so so there's this one, other one song. of like 12 <sighs> lots of people chimed in and it was only it was kind of in passing that wasn't even the point of it it was like oh yeah i think the right. capex is the only one you are wrong, sir. <laughs> so yes, there is one more.
2: My bad, uh, Diami, I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> quartered and drawn and well, you know, uh, it's,
1: it is a good point, just in general, because that happens to be a pretty darn good saw. And for the price comparison, if you're worried about space, um, it's going to be tough to justify the capex if there is another one that would suit, you know, the space considerations. So I know, have to strongly I, agree strongly agree yeah, and let's all let's just clarify that point you can't strongly disagree with a misstated fact you strongly disagree with opinions it wasn't an opinion i just misstated my i had my facts incorrect i strongly right?
3: agree with that too i
1: i i strongly correct you <laughs> is that what he should have said <laughs> i strongly then, correct I'd- you sir
2: after, after all of these ones that came in, I wanted to reply to everyone and be like, that sounds fantastic. But as I had mentioned in the show, I just don't have the room for it. <laughs> I don't care how close to the wall it sticks or any of this other stuff. I don't have the room in my own shop. And as I had said in the episode, I can guarantee even if it was that much closer to the wall, I'm going to bump it. and It's going to fall down. It's going to be broken mm-hmm. in like, you know, a couple of days of having it. it. just That stuff just sticks too far out. You so. just need
1: to mount it vertically on the wall.
2: Ooh, that would be. Oh, could Has anyone done it. that? I
1: think someone should try it.
2: That would be really neat. So, if <laughs> anybody wants to strongly correct me on my assumption there that I'm, you know.
1: They will. They will. Yeah. All right. Who's next?
2: <laughs> I
1: think you're next, Matt.
2: Oh, am I? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it says Matt <laughs> again. I'm, I thought up, that Matt. was a special Matt. You
1: know, I will say, oh, thankfully, there are very few awkward silences in this show.
2: There are. Usually they're filled with chortles. That's
1: right. Awkward
2: Okay, chortles. so Scott called in, or Scott called in, Scott left us a kickback <laughs> and said, good call on those, the connector bolts. You can get one size at Home Depot that's good for two three-quarter inch boards, FYI. The male-female connector bolts are also known as sex bolts. hey yo. At least they were back, back in the day. You can put quotation marks around back in the day when you used to use them to attach skateboard trucks to the deck.
1: Sex bolts on. Huh? Sounds like something where if you tell a kid that, like, this is the female and that's the male, and he would go, Oh, those are sex bolts. <laughs> right? It doesn't sound like yeah. something like that. It's normal. probably you have exactly to how I tell a kid that.
2: Sure. Probably like a grown adult male that probably was like, Do You know what that looks like?
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, actually, I Googled it. It actually is uh, a lot of people refer to it as sex bolts. So good to know. So um, it's, it's kind of like that beanbag bean game they call Cornhole here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've heard of that. Uh, All right. Next one here is from Alex. He says, I have some kickback regarding drying the uh, piece in the oven. My concern is minor and it would probably not stop me from doing it but I thought I'd share it. Danish oil is a mix of some oil, varnish and solvent. Most solvents are prone to catch on fire and I'm not sure if the lights in the oven are explosion proof. I work in the aerospace industry and a standard for any piece of equipment that may be exposed to fumes, vapors or anything like that is to use explosion proof. Uh, We bought a few lights for a paint bay a few years ago and we had to pay a small fortune for those to ensure that they were explosion proof. Again, I would probably accept the risk myself since the concentration of solvent is probably very low but I thought it was worth sharing the risk just to clarify the finish the guy was using was tried and true Danish oil which is actually just oil Uh, it doesn't have any solvents in it whatsoever Um, but if you are using something like Minwax um, or not is it not Minwax who makes Danish oil Watco Danish oil if you're using Watco that does have some solvent in it and definitely if you are concerned about something like that that would be fitting this uh, description here I
3: just want to know if you can get something to be specifically made to be explosion-proof. Why aren't all things explosion-proof? I would like all of my things to be explosion-proof, please. It's a
1: good point,
2: but yes. I, don't, I don't know why. I wonder if there's explosion-proof grenades. I bet the military probably wouldn't want to buy those.
1: Explo- explosion-proof toilets.
2: Oh, well, explosion-proof Mexican tacos.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they don't exist.
3: <laughs> uh, that's just crazy talk there. Okay, this comes from Steve. <clears throat> he says, I built a Hal Taylor rocker. Those of you who don't know, the Hal Taylor rocker is kind of like the Maloof rocker, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the one thing I learned is, this is in all caps, so it's really important, wood moves. I was lucky enough to start with two straight boards that were 12 by 10 foot by 2 inches thick Oh, that's another rant. Okay. Uh, take a look at the attached picture. It's of a rear leg, and after cutting, it moved three-eighths of an inch on me. A little research proved this to be normal. After cutting out the inside contour, the wood moves towards the removed stock. Fortunately, this is the inside of the leg, and it is flexible enough that it can spread out when putting in the headboard. Uh, build on and don't freak out like I did. So there's your, um, here's a, your advice, Mark, is uh, wood moves. Okay. Good to know. In my little rant, if I have to say, industry standard, and this is not just in the U.S., this is globally, thickness, width, and length, people. Thickness, width, and length.
1: Thickness, please. width, and length.
3: Instead of width, I, what has he got here? Width, length, and thickness? I always go length, width, and thickness. Yeah, no. that's, that's just wrong. No, I'm, that's I'm better. that's, that's
1: better. I like idea. it better. And you know what? I'm going to continue doing it that way. Yeah, I was Especially gonna comment the, on that when you sent me
3: dimensions earlier today. <laughs> it's, just, it's so confusing. Um, but not to me, it not
2: No, makes total sense. Yeah, I have that. Sick, <laughs> my wife and I have you conversations for like people that. That want,
3: um, you know, I need a, a three by four by seven. Yeah, like what the hell do you need? See,
1: well, that's why I put little letters after it, so that if you are confused, I'll I'll,
3: t- I'll take that take that yeah, it's fine it's fine. i've pulled the industry and most people agree that it is thickness width and length so there you go
1: i'm going to look into that and get back to you
2: okay i don't <laughs> work
1: in the industry, so what do i know
2: uh, I actually I, I i think we have the next poll coming up uh we now know what it's going to be
1: <laughs> length width and thickness or width or what is it thickness width and length is what you what you like yes okay by four quarter by six by eight you know what? Yeah, that it's a great poll question. Let's let's put up a poll or leave a comment. Let us know what you typically use, even if it's the and I'll industry. I'll you standard. when you're wrong.
2: Yes. <laughs> All and right. So, and maybe the other one we could do, and just in case that one uh, totally falls flat, is we can say, you know, is there more than one uh, a capex? Is there something other <laughs> something than something other the than the capex? The capex. <laughs> uh, by the way, I just
1: want to state my opinion that three plus three equals seven. All right. Okay. Uh yeah. Let's see. Got one here. The last one was from Wilbur. <laughs> He says, here's some kickback on the discussion you had on how big a motor you need to power a full kerf blade in a table saw, if you look back at woodworking machinery catalogs from the 40s and 50s, you'll see that the typical table saw, such as the venerable Delta Unisaw, came with a one or one and a half horsepower motor, which is less horsepower than a typical table saw being sold today. Likewise, bandsaws typically came with a third to a half horsepower motor. I'm reasonably sure woodworkers back in the 40s and 50s had to rip a quarter maple and oak, just as modern day woodworkers do. So why is it that woodworking machinery was sold with lower horsepower motor? Motors than what we see today. Some folks say that the motors were different back then, but that's not true for induction motors that you find on machines as opposed to universal motors found on routers and shop vacs, which are rated with peak horsepower generated. Jeez, I'm running out of breath here. It's a long one. <laughs> My bet is that today we're tending to use higher horsepower motors to compensate for letting our blades get duller than they should be or to compensate for feeding the stock too quickly. I don't have a table saw, but my 1940s era bandsaw can resaw 10 inch wide boards and it only has a half horsepower motor. As long as I don't feed the board too fast, I'm not saying that uh, it wouldn't be nicer to have a motor with more horsepower, but based on history, it's probably not as necessary as some people would have you believe.
2: Yes, and I can attest to that. My uh, old contractor saw that I inherited from my grandfather all those years ago was a half horsepower, and uh, I had full thickness blade on that. And, again, just kind of varied my speed, and I was able to take care of it. So, um, yeah. You're cutting pine. No. Okay, one time (laughs) I did. Well, a lot of times I did, but. (laughs) All right. Let's
1: uh, move on to our voicemail. We've got a quick tip, not a question, uh, from Tom.
0: Hey guys, this is Tom Stryzik from the Stryzik Workshop. I've been binge listening to the old shows for the last couple of weeks, and since it appears to be the first week in May, I thought I'd share a good safety week tip. Use clamps. Okay, duh. Use clamps for glue-ups and such. I get that. I mean, use clamps for holding a workpiece down when you're attacking it. I was drilling holes in a handsaw blade to fit into a kerfing plane that I was making. So there I was, at my drill press, drilling holes in this handsaw blade, holding the blade down with my left hand, and operating the press with my right. I could tell that the drill bit was about to penetrate the steel, and all of a sudden, BAM! The twist bit caught the steel, ripped it out of my hand, and started spinning the damn blade at 2100 RPM. Luckily, I have the reflexes of a Kung Fu master and was able to get my hands out of there before any real damage was done. But the blade did hit my hand twice, and I now have some really interesting scars on my left hand in the shape of saw teeth, but that could have gone so south so fast. And it actually took me almost a year before I attempted the operation again, but when I did... I held the blade down with a hand screw clamp, and then I blocked possible travel by putting a C clamp just to the side and added a few more clamps just for good measure. You guys do awesome work, so keep it up. Have yourself a good day, and this is Tom Strezix.
1: You know how when Carrie used to leave her uh, messages or, or do her clips, we would say that she has like the perfect audiobook voice? Yes. Tom has a voice that I would love to hear in an audiobook.
2: Really? I was thinking that it reminded me of like some of the political phone calls that I get during peak campaigns here.
1: That's true.
3: WWE. (laughs) But
1: it's just got, you know, he's got a good, a good tonality to his voice. I wouldn't mind hearing it um, It uh, read some fiction. Good storytelling. Good storytelling voice. All right. Let's move into our email. Uh, This one's from James. He says, I'm about to start a new project, a small bathroom cabinet made from cherry. My thoughts are to use Wipe-on-Poly as the top coat. The big debate that I'm curious about is whether or not it's beneficial to do a first coat of boiled linseed oil before topping it off with a Wipe-on-Poly. I've read that using BLO as a first coat can help Pop the grain before finishing the piece with a final top coat. However, I've also read that using BLO is pointless when using a poly top coat, wipe on or otherwise. Is there any benefit to using BLO to bring out the grain? Uh, will poly do pretty much the same thing? I'm planning on experimenting on scraps throughout the build, but I'd appreciate any advice y'all could give um, so I could fine-tune the process. All right, so here we go. BLO. BLO. boil linseed oil. where
2: All I ever hear is ELO. ELO, right? Yes.
1: Mr. Blue Sky,
2: please
1: tell me why. No, B L O, gentlemen. Uh, So it doesn't really help. Well, here's the thing. If you have figured grain, you know, something like, uh, 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 why am I spacing? You know what I'm talking about? Figure like maple. Curly. curly. Why could I, I space it on the, the word curly? If you've got like a curly maple or, you know, any other type of truly figured pattern, that's the time when you have to think about popping the grain and doing different techniques that might really enhance that effect. Otherwise, if it's just a regular flats on board, regular wood, you're not really going to do anything if you're trying these pop the grain methods, including the one that says you should put you know, a coat or two of boiled linseed oil, oil on first. Now if you do have a figured wood, that boiled linseed oil coat, what it can do is soak down deep into the fibers, and that's what's going to give you a little bit of extra contrast. So there is some argument to be made that if you do that, that like long cure time, that ability of the oil to soak in deep um, that you don't necessarily get from a polyurethane, that might give you an enhanced effect. It it may not make much difference. You should, again, try it on scraps, but there's an argument to be made there. On regular wood, anyone who's putting oil on a board, and it's just regular boards, uh, prior to putting on a poly top coat is doing two things. You're making the cure time take longer, and extending the amount of time you're investing in this thing Uh, and you're probably introducing potential curing issues because that boiled linseed oil layer may not be completely dry or cured by the time you put your poly on and that can slow down the cure time of your poly. So on regular material I would just say skip it. I don't think it's really worth it but ultimately you're doing the right thing. Test on scraps, check for yourself. If you don't see a difference, and and don't just check right away too, like give it a a couple weeks to to dry and cure because a lot of time these things, um, they warm up over time, so they end up in the same place anyway, even if you saw a slight difference between the one that had boiled linseed oil and the one that did not have it. Um, But ultimately for me, most of the time if I'm using an oil-based top coat, I will forego the boiled linseed oil, exception being truly figured woods might do something a little different there.
2: So what I'm hearing is you're, you're kind of saying that the BLO will prolong the curing time while enhancing your frustration over the lack of curing in a reasonable time period. I'm saying it could. Nice. Not always, but it might. Right. I strongly
1: agree. This is something you could agree with because yeah. these are just my opinions. <laughs> yeah, if you, if, if you, <laughs> these are not Never facts, mind. people, these are opinions. Boy, we're a little snarky on today's show, aren't we?
2: <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't know. I don't know. Sweet. Just go, man. All right. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to move on to this next Are, are you done with...
1: <laughs> Speaking with the, of no awkward pauses, yet again. <laughs> I am done, and we blame Matt for that one again. Are you uh, sure? I'm, are we done? Yes, I'm finished now.
2: Okay. You're, oh, you're finished. I get it. You did a finishing question. Now you're finished. That's but good. I'm bummed. Uh-huh. Anyway, so this one came in from Gary, and he says, I'm starting a kitchen remodel, and I haven't chosen... Plywood or solid wood for drawer boxes? Thought about pre-finishing plywood first and then edge banding. Having never worked with edge banding, do you then apply finish to the banding prior to final assembly? If I go with solid maple, I plan to machine dovetail them. Would you apply finish after assembly? Too many choices. Mm -hmm. All right, so first of all, the thought about pre-finishing plywood first then edge banding. Uh, My first question is whether we're actually discussing a veneer tape edge banding or like a shop-made solid wood edge banding. Uh, In fact, my my response might vary a little depending on the answer, but in a nutshell, as, as long as I can get the same species of edge banding As the plywood, I can say without a doubt now at this point, um, I I typically haven't pre-finished it yet. What I'll usually do is apply it and I'll call it good and then maybe I'll come back in and finish it. I normally don't finish my drawer boxes, but whenever I've used the veneer tape uh, and I have finished something – they usually match up pretty good when it's the veneer tape on plywood. I've, as long as it's the same species, I've gotten really good results with it. Uh, but I, again, I can kind of understand a little concern maybe that it might be off a little bit. Um, Easily 99% of the time when I'm using the veneer tape of the same species, like I said, it matches without a problem at all. If I'm making my own, which tends to be a little bit thicker edge banding, I usually take the extra time to kind of sort through the stack of solid wood and try to find the pieces that match as close as possible to the plywood that I'm using. And if you're still hesitant, you know what you can always do? Just do a little sample. Just cut off a little piece of the, uh, the edge banding via veneer tape or the solid wood and just take a little uh, offcut of the, the plywood, put them together and, and see what happens. If, if necessary, you can then tweak it from there. Now, a third option is simply to do no edge banding at all, but I know that not everybody likes that look. Uh, so yeah, there's that. Now the question about if you were to go with the solid maple and the fact that you were going to machine dovetail them, would would you finish uh, after assembly? That's normally how I do it. But then again, uh, some people don't like my finishing technique when it comes to drawers that maybe have dovetails or something on it, because I don't always just simply try to like color within the lines. If that makes sense, oftentimes I'll just be like, all right, I'm just going to wipe it on the side and there we go. That's all good. So there might be a finish line, literally a finish line where it's ended on the, uh, where the drawer boxes are. But if you decided to finish the drawer fronts prior to uh, assembly, You could totally do that. Just make sure that you don't get finish on the mating pieces or the mating surfaces where the glue is going to be because that could cause a little gluing issue potentially.
3: Okay. Sure. Sounds good.
2: Yeah, no, it does You guys are just making fun (laughs) of me.
1: I have nothing to add.
2: How do you feel about the Bosch? (laughs)
1: I'll tell you, it's it's definitely not the only one that goes against the wall. (laughs) There's another one called the Capex okay right
3: this comes from eric he says i like using west system epoxy for some of my harder glue ups my question is can i change the color to be closer to the wood and how okay <clears throat> i've done this uh, a few times but i've never been able to get a match um my issue well first of all i just use a dye um i mix up my epoxy and i use a dye i, I happen to use trans because i've got some of it um i've known people who use powdered i like tint because it's already in liquid form makes it real easy the problem is is when you're mixing up the epoxy um, you know it's you add dye and it's very 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 dark because it's this concentrated viscous thing so it can be really difficult to get that match uh, unless you kind of make several test batches um, and spread it out thin to see what actually color it looks like when it's actually thin well considering how expensive west systems is it's not something you want to be doing a lot of So generally, if I'm going to tint epoxy, I'm not trying to hide it. Um, I'm trying to highlight it. It's like filling in a knot to stabilize a knot or um, making a fix where not that I've ever done this, but where you drill in to secure a tabletop and maybe you drill too far and you poke through the top, suddenly there is a gum pocket on the top now. How did that get there? So I've never really used it to blend something. I, I guess I can understand if he's, using it to actually glue up the whole project and maybe want something that is going to hide the glue line a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I suppose you could do that. Um, you're just going to have to kind of play with it a little bit. You know, one or two drops of the epoxy is probably all you're going to need to add that color. Because let's face it, you know, we don't really want our glue showing anyway, because glue's going to mess with any kind of finish, especially epoxy uh, that you apply later that's going to prevent the, the finish from soaking in. But I can see where he's coming from. Like in a panel glue up or something, I know high glue because it's already kind of brown in color. It looks great when I glue up a walnut panel. There's just, there's no way you can see it. So just be very, very light handed, if you will, with the dye.
1: Yeah, I've got uh, the West System stuff. That's what I use a lot. And the powder that you mix with it to just kind of give it a little bit more bite um, and more strength, it's white. So when you mix it in, it depends on which hardener you're using. Now, the, the slow hardener is clear, and it actually the great thing is clear it's you know can go with just about anything, um, but the the faster hardener what they call their fast hardener, over time it really picks up a dark amber color which on a lot of your darker species your walnuts babinga mahogany it's fantastic for because it doesn't really need anything so even if you mix a little bit of that white powder with it uh, it does quite well but if you put it with the the white powder with the clear stuff then it is kind of a chalky white look to it so if you're mm. using that on a dark species I could see why he would be really concerned about that but if you've got both the slow and the fast hardener on hand and you have had that the, the fast hardener gets darker over time you actually kind of had the best of both worlds just use which whichever one makes the most sense for the color of the project and you might be able to get away with it but you got to have both hardeners on hand to do that I'm sorry what's the powder stuff again the, the stuff that, that kind of gives hardener? It, Um, the filler that they yeah. recommend. Oh, to,
3: to thicken it up I a little bit? Yeah, I
1: can't remember the name. Yeah, it thickens it up and it gives you, if you have a gap filling sort of situation, um, it gives it a little bit more structural integrity and helps the bond a little bit. But it's like a gray grayish white powder uh, that right. you put in there that, you know, just kind of gives it, it takes it from that sort of clear looking solution to something that is no longer clear. You can't see through it anymore. It's a kind of pasty looking. I'm Cool. All right. Uh, If you want to support us and keep a snarky little Wood Talk show like this going on forever, you can do that. Uh, You can set up a recurring donation or a one-time donation over at woodtalkshow.com. You can also pick up a Wood Talk t-shirt at twwstore.com and make sure you enter into that giveaway as soon as we get it posted at woodtalkshow.com slash giveaway. You can also leave us a review which always helps when people are searching for new shows Uh, like they have in iTunes. Go to the iTunes store, click on ratings and reviews and give us that five star rating just like Polkster13 did. They said, I don't know if it's a he or she. I found Mark through YouTube on a video about installing a French cleat system to store tools and stuff on. Then later I discovered Mark's podcast, The Wood Whisperer, which led me to this podcast. These guys have a lot of great advice and I love it when they show their mistakes and how they fix it. We have to do that they, because we can't we stop what we can't what we stop showing? making mistakes.
2: Well, actually, I think he's referring. Uh, they are referring to like my whole entire show, uh, the entire podcast. <laughs> that's so. one big
1: mistake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if we do, that's if you, if basement you, blooper reel,
2: yeah. If, if you do a search for uh, "mistaken woodworker," that's the first thing that comes up.
1: Boom! There it is. Uh, finishes it off by saying these guys are really down to earth and give lots of great advice. Thanks to these guys for all the hard work that they put into things. Keep it up. Thank you, Polkster Thirteen. We appreciate that. Very nice. All right, Matt, how about you give them the contact info and we'll get out of here.
2: Mm, okay, what the heck? Please. Why not? Uh, hopefully these all aren't about the Bosch, although we will accept them anyways. Quite uh, Comments, questions, topics, suggestions, several different ways to contact us. Leave us a voicemail on Skype. Our username is WoodTalkOnline. Call our voicemail line at 623 242 Five one eight zero. You can email us at kickback at woodtalkshow.com, or you can leave us a comment on our Wood Talk Facebook page. And if you're looking for the show notes or downloads from today's show or previous episodes, and we've got a whole bunch of them over there, uh, you're going to find those over at woodtalkshow.com. And I I don't know if I mentioned this before, but uh, Polkster13 there mentioned that, you know, Mark has a website at uh, thewoodwhisperer.com. But did you know that Shannon has one at renaissancewoodworker.com? What?! well, I did mention mistakenwoodworker.com might be my website. It's not. It's com. <laughs> and now I'm going to go out and get the URL to mistakenwoodworker.com.
1: Problem loading page server not found. So I don't know if someone has it or what.
2: Oh, man. Somebody beat me to the punch.
1: Oh Check it out, though. But now that you look it up, someone will know that you want it, and they'll like take it from you. So hurry oh. up. Go get it. All right. Well, that's about it for our show today. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll catch you next time. Yep. Next Salsa. one might be better. Vaut pas.